The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I guess we're rolling. What's up, guys? Ian Cummings here with Ali Hodginson, my good friend here, talking some NFL draft. First off, Ali, I have to ask you, how was your holiday weekend? Your holiday, I guess it wasn't really, it wasn't, was it the weekend? I forget already. If it was like Saturday or something, man, I don't even know. How was it? How was it? I think at least track of time. Yeah, it was good, man. Yeah. At, the mo- at the moment, I think I'm back in 70% cheese, 20% red wine, 10% the rest of me, you know. But, hey, it's college football bowl season, so we're 100% yeah. football. Exactly, man. And my my mom cooks an amazing Christmas dinner. Don't get me wrong. But, like, we just had pumpkin pie for, like, Thanksgiving a month ago. And then there's another pumpkin pie. It's like, hey, you want some pumpkin pie? Like, I don't know, man. I'm feeling kind of fat today. I'm not – I don't know, you know. But it's like I, I feel bad if I didn't have any either. So that's how it is. It's part of the season. It's part of what you do. You make sacrifices. And uh, also making sacrifices on the football side of it, watching a ton of tape, literally – a ton of tape and we've been getting some declarations from the best players in the league uh garrett wilson recently declared for the nfl draft we all knew it was happening uh but ali i know we're gonna start off with that today is our wide receiver day we're opening up opening up we're talking about these guys talking about this one position and hitting it hard and uh first off i mean we got to talk about garrett wilson and his declaration were you surprised by it? I don't think anyone was surprised by it. It, it sounded, it kind of looked like the right thing to do for him because he was kind of penciled in for some people, myself included, as wide receiver one coming into the year. And now we see that he is going to the draft. Was it surprising to you or was this the right call? Yeah, I think it's definitely the right call. And you look at, um, you look at his teammate, Chris Olave, right? And he was a surprise return to Ohio State this year. And it kind of feels like he's lost some of that NFL draft buzz, whereas Garrett Wilson... He's completely on an upward trajectory, so the timing is absolutely perfect. You yeah. mentioned um, you mentioned him as the the wide receiver one for a lot of guys coming into the season. Honestly, hand on heart, he wasn't the guy that was at the top of the wide receiver tree for me coming into the season. But his play this season, the more I go back and watch the tape and study what it what he's done this season, the things that make him the wide receiver that he is, the pass catching talent that he is. I think it's hard to argue that um, Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver one of his class. And I've yeah. seen I've seen some stuff today with people saying he's they've got second round grades on Garrett Wilson. And for me, I that is I just don't see that. And I know the Yeah, let, let's let's talk about that because like full disclosure, you should not like I had Wilson as my wide receiver one out of the summer, but that should not be an incentive for me to have him as wide receiver one now. You obviously need to keep reevaluating yourself. Don't dig in you know, with your trenches, don't do that. Don't dig yourself into a hole, you know, and be like, well, this is going to be my wide receiver one, no matter what you've got to always reevaluate. And that's what we did. And it just happened for me. It happened to stay the same with Wilson because I personally think, you know, he really just continued to improve in 2021. Uh, he, he kept trending upward. He, gain more refinement in some areas that I want to see him gain more refinement in. And then the body control, the run after catch ability, the just tremendous ability to separate, you know, that natural ability to separate it's all there, you know? So he's kind of developing into that wide receiver one. So for me, you know, after that reevaluation, it stayed the same. I know you had Alave as your wide receiver one and did Wilson change your mind upon reevaluating? Did he kind of enter that conversation and take that mantle from his teammate? Yeah, for sure. And and for me, Chris Olave has always been, I love to see speed in a wide receiver. And, you know, Chris Olave is a former track star who who can quite comfortably blow past guys. And and when I see a fast wide receiver, it gets me giddy with excitement. And we're going to talk about Jameson Williams a little bit later. Yeah, and there's a guy to, to, to make you giddy with speed. But when you look at Garrett Wilson, he's no slouch himself. When you go back and study the tape, like the things that Garrett Wilson can do to create separate, you alluded to his ability to create separation. Well, you look at it all starts with, I think we'll probably touch on this a little bit more, but when you're looking at evaluating the wide receiver, 
you've touched about it loads of times in your scouting reports and I, you know anyone who hasn't read Ian's work on profootballnetwork.com I highly recommend going oh come on no 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 same yeah. to you same to you I'm not <laughs> so taking like those scouting reports um, but it starts with you know you break it down into what does the receiver do before the catch at the catch and after the catch and you go back and you watch Garrett Wilson you go and watch him at the line of scrimmage you watch his release package you watch how he creates separation at the line of scrimmage his footwork is so fast the ability to just completely sell a guy at the line of scrimmage is insane and then you watch down the route stem you watch what he can do in the open field with his athletic ability his ability to sell routes with head fakes everything that he does is at an elite level for me and 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 that for me is kind of Taking him, it's helped him surpass Chris Olave to kind of negate the whole, well, he doesn't take the top off a, a defense with speed like Chris Olave does, but he doesn't have to. But, you know, he has got a bit of pace to him as well. But everything that he does in those three phases of evaluating a wide receiver, before the catch, he excels. He's so much better. And we knew, and coming into the season, this wasn't, um, this isn't something that people didn't know. This was some, um, this was an area where he was better than Chris Olave already coming into the season. But we, we call him a contested catch connoisseur, I think, during our many meetings yeah. that we've had this season. And, yeah. and Garrett Wilson has that edge at the catch point over Chris Olave. And then you've seen this season uh, and, and past seasons, but more so, I feel like this season, what he can do after the catch as well. He's got, everything that you want in all three phases of how you evaluate a wide receiver as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you know, I changed up my format after the first one. I was like, you know, I'm going to stick with what I do for every prospect, which is like athletic traits, execution, and then areas for improvement. I try to keep that consistency, but Garrett Wilson was the very first profile I did this, this off season. So I tried to, uh, for the wide receiver position, I tried to break it up and before, during the catch, after the catch. And you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I like to, the term I like to use is three level threat. That's the term I've used since the summer. And I think that Garrett Wilson still kind of, he's the best embodiment of that in the 2022 NFL draft. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, I think looking at the tape from 2021, I think he only got better in where he needed to improve. I mean, before the catch, like you said, you know, not just that searing explosiveness, that twitch, that ability to generate displacement with the fast feet. But he also knows how to separate. You know, it's not just the physical traits for him, but he knows how to use head fakes to deceive defenders. He knows how to manipulate blind spots. And just it, it's really coming together for him. You know, it's kind of an intricate puzzle to separate at the NFL level. But I love that he took a notable, noticeable step up as a technician in 2021 at the catch point. He's always been very good there. Uh, the contested catch saving, like we said, I mean, he can contort very well uh, in the heat of the moment. He he can contort and adjust for the football and make those micro adjustments that you need to make to make those plays. And he's got strong hands. He's got very good, you know, uh, coordination. And then obviously after the catch too, he's, he's a pretty slippery runner after the catch. I mean, he can make guys miss, you know, I think with Olave, it's more of that, you know, he can definitely separate and he has the speed to get into open field, but especially I think for me, the, the main defining characteristic between them, was at the catch point, Wilson is a little bit better at working through contact. You see Olave, you know, when he's clean, he can adjust for the football too. He's got great ball tracking ability. But I think that Wilson, you know, especially against NFL defenders who are also excellent athletes who can mirror guys, we're seeing more and more of that now in this league where you're having more athletic defenders, you know, having a guy like Wilson who has the strong hands and the coordination and the contortion ability to convert even when he's kind of blanketed by defenders, you know, we've seen him be able to do that. And I think that, you know, that's valuable. And that's what separates him from Olave. I know we were talking about wide receiver comps because it's something that you, know, you never want to force a comp, right? You always want it to come through study. You know, you don't just want to see a name and like, oh, you know, that that's probably it, right? You want to make sure you study. And, and I was studying, I was trying to, you know, at least get my foot in the door with some wide receiver comps this morning. And one that jumped out to me for Garrett Wilson was Stephon Diggs. You know, I think I look at before the catch, he's got that technical ability down. He knows how to manipulate defenders. And then he also has the contortion ability. He can, you know, he can separate, but then also at the catch point, he can make those adjustments. He can make those acrobatic catches. I think Stephon Diggs is a little more full in his frame. He's a little heavier. I think Wilson is a little more wiry. But aside from that, they have pretty similar size profiles. And I also think similar athletic profiles too. You know, like I don't think Diggs ran like a 4-4-6. 
So Wilson doesn't quite have that top end speed that Olave has, but he has good enough speed. He's explosive. And then on top of that, the finer points of the game in all three phases, to me, Wilson checks those boxes. So that's my take. Uh, but Ali, I mean, we, we talk about Wilson, we talk about Olave. Those might not be the only guys. And I know like if you're watching this, you might have Traylon Burks as your wide receiver one. You might have Drake London as your wide receiver one. I think we're looking at another very strong class. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a matter of preference, you know, like everyone's going to see something different. So I guess Ali, my next question to you, you know, looking at your list, you, you obviously you can only have one wide receiver one. That's kind of the definition of wide receiver one. You can't have two guys there. Right. But is there any other contenders for that spot for you guys that you could see a viable argument for being wide receiver one of this class? I think you like, hit the nail on the head where this class is concerned because I think we've talked about it on this show. We've certainly talked about it personally. We've we've written about it in articles. It's kind of a, a misconception about this whole NFL draft class, but particularly um, I've seen people say that this wide receiver class isn't as as strong as you know certainly the last two years you look at some of the the classes that we've had in the nfl draft in the last couple of years there's been exceptional talent but there is exceptional talent all the way from top to bottom of this 2022 nfl draft wide receiver class and you say there can only be one wide receiver one hey i've seen wide receiver one a one wide receiver one b you know people um we were talking about it before we came on air there's so much talent that trying to, um, and we're going to talk about our top five wide receivers in a second. Um, even try, even those top five guys, it's difficult. You know, I've got guys yeah. who I absolutely, absolutely love at the wide receiver position and have from, uh, you know, the minute I first cast my eyes on this 2022 class. You know, guys like David Bell at Purdue, and you're going to talk about Jahan Dotson in a little bit. And, Jalen Tolbert, guy out of South Alabama. You, have just, you just keep going on and on and on with names of, of exceptional wide receiver talent in this class. But for me, I think Garrett Wilson probably he, he's the wide receiver one right now. I don't see anyone taking that mantle off him as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I love a lot of the guys that are behind him. I love Drake London. I'm going to talk about yeah. him relentlessly very shortly. I love Traylon Burks. I love what he does. There's so many different wide receivers in this class as well, which is one of the things that makes it such a fascinating and, and beautiful um, class to be involved with, with scouting and trying to rank these guys. Yeah, we got a good question uh, from Christian Philippe uh, talking about George Pickens, whether or not he can be a wide receiver one in this class. We'll, we'll hit that real quick. I, me personally, I, I think he should go back. And that's not an indictment of him, the player. I do think he has the physical ability. You know, definitely looking at the uh, contested catch ability. He's got the size and the contortion ability in the heat of the moment at the catch point to make those plays. But I just think, you know, having the injury and having a – season where he wasn't able to produce and take that leap. I do think he needed to show a little bit more growth as a route runner. Uh, so I do think, you know, especially with guys rising like Jameson Williams, uh, Wandale Robinson, if he declares, he's a very good player. Uh, I, I do think that Pickens might, it might be in his best interest to go back and, and utilize a full season to take that leap. Uh, you know, and that's, that's not a knock on him. I think you can make a case for him being a top 10, top 15 guy in this class. But to me, the class has only gotten stronger. Uh, as the year has gone on. And I think that Pickens for me is a guy, you know, with that injury coming off that injury and coming off a season where he really wasn't able to put together that growth that we wanted to see from him. A very, very talented receiver uh, has good size, has a very good physical profile, but, you know, just couldn't quite take that leap for me. My philosophy uh, as a draft analyst, draft analyst is sell high, like uh, David Ajabo, obviously not the same position, but David Ajabo or Jameson Williams, even, you know, those guys broke out. They had a full season to show what they could do, and they did it. And now you can sell high, kind of like a stock, you know, like if, if it's at its highest value, you know, sell that and recoup that value. George Pickens, I think, like, he's talented. So I think go back and put together a full season and show that growth, and I think you might go higher than you would this year. So that's my stance on Pickens personally, but uh, we've, we, we're going to move on to our next subject. I know we're talking about our top five guys. So, Ali, I'll start with you, starting at number five. If you got your big board up, who is your fifth receiver in the 2022 NFL draft? Who is it? Okay, so we, we talked about how difficult it is just a second ago to, to rank, rate, separate these guys into tiers. Jameson Williams at present is the guy who's the wide receiver five on my board. He's a 24th overall prospect. I love what Jameson Williams brings. We mentioned it a little bit towards the start of the program. Speed kills. Jameson Williams has speed 
four days, especially when you consider the guy is six foot two, 189 pounds, but he moves so fast. You mentioned it in his scouting report. He's a, a long strider who glides almost effortlessly across the field. And, and that, that speed is, is literally game changing. You know, you look at Alabama this year and Jameson Williams has, has taken short passes, 50 yard yards, just on some pure speed alone. But he's not just speed, you know, he's a guy who, who accelerates almost effortlessly. He's a guy who yeah. can cause issues um, almost seamlessly just with his ability to stop and start. You know, he can throttle down and then accelerate again and just leave cornerbacks, safeties, linebacks, whoever is tasked with trying to cover this guy. It can just leave them in the dirt, you know? And aside from that, you know, yes, he's a speed guy. He's a little bit more than just that, you know? He's shown that body control. He's shown it can be vertically explosive. He can go up and get the ball. He's versatile in terms of the alignment that Alabama put him in this season. And he's got special teams potential as a returner as well, you know? He's a guy for some people I've seen him bandied around as the wide receiver one of the class, and I could completely get it. Uh, I know you're a little bit higher on him than I am as well. Um, but I, I look at things like his physicality as a blocker, as a as a not a negative, that's probably the wrong way to put it, um, but it's certainly a limiting factor on his profile so far. A one-year one year starter as well. So for me personally, limited exposure. Watched him in the college football season, absolutely dominate for Alabama. But I want to go back and watch game by game, watch more tape, watch the all 22 on the guy. I'm not resigning him to wide receiver five right now, but that's where he's at right now for me. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm, I'm really high on him. We'll get to that in a little bit because he is farther up my board. And as you see, we're going from five to one. So you won't hear about him for a little bit, not until close to the top. But, you know, I could definitely see being a little lower on him because, you know, he does still need to iron out the finer parts of the game. He isn't always the most physical when he has the opportunity to be. And the NFL is a physical game. You know, if you get by with finesse in college, that'll 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 do if you're really good at it. Right. But, you know, NFL defenders are physical. They're better at timing their punches and timing their pass deflections. Right. So you really got to make sure that you have strong hands and, you know, kind of that you know, that, that intention, like that, that bad intention at the catch point, like, Hey, this is my ball. I'm getting it. And, you know, while I do think Jameson Williams has shown the bot, the ball tracking and body control, you know, sometimes guys have a little bit of an acclimation period when it comes to the NFL level where, Hey, these guys play a little bit tougher. They're a little bit more aggressive. I really got to up my game. Right. So, you know, and we've seen that with his run blocking, not always the best, but then on the flip side, as a gunner, he's incredible, right? He just flies down the field, makes those tackles. So, it's something that you project and you hope that he can find at the next level. I think he can, but at the same time, that might need an adjustment period. He's also not super refined as a route runner. I do think he has the potential, which I'll get into later, but there are reasons to be a little lower on him. But I think the upside definitely is is really high there. My fifth receiver is Chris Olave, and we already touched on it with him. You know, he's not quite a top three guy for me, but I do think he's a very good receiver. And I, I think Tommy... I think it was Tommy in the comments who brought up that he could be a good complimentary piece in the NFL. I don't want to label anyone as, you know, not a wide receiver one, because I do think it depends on the context of the offense. I do think that Chris Olave has enough in his toolbox to be a top receiving target, depending on who the other guys in the room are. I don't want to limit him to just being, oh, the, the sidekick, right? I don't think that's Chris Olave. Like, I think he's good enough. I think he's a he's also a technician, although I do think Williams may have surpassed him or Garrett Wilson may have surpassed him this year in terms of his refinement and his you know technical ability to use those abilities quickly. You know, with that fast beat, that that quick twitch like we talked about. But I do I do think Olave is a very smooth route runner. He also has very good awareness with blind spots and manipulating defenders. And we've seen that, especially in the red zone, too. Like we've seen he can separate in those short areas, which is very impressive almost more impressive than separating at your own 20 yard line, right? Because you don't have as much space to work with, but Olave can do that. He can get open still. He's got great speed and open space. So he can manipulate blind spots and sneak into those open zones and get downfield. And then when he does have to adjust for the ball, when he does have space, I love his ball tracking ability. There's that one very impressive catch, I think against Michigan, uh, where he had to like contort over his back shoulder and snare it. And he, he can do that. You know, he has that very good ball tracking ability, that very good focus catch point. For me, I just think that Wilson is a little more dynamic, a little more creative after the catch. And like I said earlier, I do think that Wilson is a little bit more physical, a little bit more proactive at the catch point. 
Uh, there's some times when Olave, when he's faced with contact, he, does, he isn't quite as consistent. Uh, there was one play I remember against Oregon where he was also just kind of looking for the flag, right? And, and you know, that, that's strategic. It's something you want to do if you're a receiver. You know, if there's contact, premature contact, obviously, you know, maybe try and get a flag out of that. But I think you ultimately, you have to play the ball at all times, right? Don't go into the rep looking for the flag, right? And like, as soon as he got contacted, he kind of just started flailing, kind of flopping. No, like play the ball, man. play the ball. If there's a flag, it's going to come, but just play the ball and keep your focus on that. So I, I do think the traits are there for Olave to be a wide receiver one, you know, depending on what your offense runs. I just think that the 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 ability right now, the three-level threat ability is not quite as refined as Garrett Wilson. So that's the separation for me. They're all in the top 30 on my big board, I think. So they're all pretty highly rated. I think Olave is like 29th or something. So still, you know, in that first round range, right? So can be a very productive weapon for an offense. And I think, you know, being able to separate at different levels is big for him, you know? So I think that that high floor, that immediate utility as a separator is definitely there for him. It's just, you know, the, the going above and beyond in some areas doesn't quite do that. But I love Olave. I think he's a solid guy. And I think you can do a lot with a solid guy at the NFL level. So it is what it is. Moving on to number four, Ali, who is your number four receiver? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time because it's Chris Olave at number <laughs> There we go. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about um, how close this um, wide receiver class is for different analysts, different fans of the NFL draft. Chris Olave is my wide receiver four, overall prospect 22. So he's just two places ahead of Jameson Williams. Some very fluid situations, very tightly packed. Um, but what really impressed me, you touched on it with Chris Olave, it is that, that spatial awareness, the football intelligence, the ability to yeah. ghost into zones and just pass through almost undetected at times and create separation by just finding the space. He's so good at finding space. And then there's that track speed. Let's not forget the guy was a high school track star. He can take the top off the defense with speed. Once he's got the ball in his hands in the open field, he can be uncatchable. Um, he's just, you know, he lacks the physicality um, like some of the, the the rest of the top guys, you know, guys we're going to talk about very shortly. Um, particularly in sort of contested catch situations. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my wide receiver four is who is it? Shoot, I forgot for a second. I'm gonna go check real quick. I, I think it's blanking, man. I don't know. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. I'm checking out. Oh, Jahan Dotson. That's who it is. All right. I knew I made a change. I knew it was something different, but it is Jahan Dotson. Uh, and he to me, it's just like you know, similar style to Chris Olave, but I think just a little bit better at the catch point. You know, Jahan Dotson has really good vertical athleticism. That guy can get up there and he can just snare those catches. You know, I've made the reference a couple of times, but he has spider-like hands. I mean, he does not let go of that ball. He might have 10-inch hands. I mean, he's he's got crazy ability at the catch point and also very good at contorting, very good at adjusting and making those adjustments in midair. You know, having that coordination is very key. Uh, but I also love Jahan Dotson, you know, his style on the ground, too. He's pretty twitchy, you know, it's pretty explosive, but he's also super smooth and flexible. You know, it's not he's more of a long strider, you know, which is weird for his size being under six foot. But he has long strides when he gets in space, he can accelerate quickly. And, you know, I do think he has the nuance, the awareness to manipulate defenders as a route runner. I, I brought up this this comp to Ali. I, I'm going to look for a better one, but he does remind me a little bit. And I try to look at measurables first when I'm doing comps. So I look at arm length, you know, what I think they might measure in with the arm length. I look at the, um, the combine testing results too. And I think that he might not be as quite as all out fast as this guy. I think maybe Dotson runs a 4-4 or something, which is still really fast. But I think uh, Brandon Cooks. There, there were some stylistic similarities with him and Brandon Cooks, both very twitchy and fluid as route runners, uh, but also they can contort at the catch point. They can get up there and they can make those catches in midair. They can track the ball. They can use those adjustments and kind of reach for it, you know, and they're very coordinated in doing that. You know, it, it kind of gets lost because these, these guys do it so easily. It gets lost how hard that is, you know, to contort in midair when the ball is coming at you really fast and you got to, you got to make the right, you got to time your uh, extension at the right time. 
And, and these guys are very good at doing that. I think Brandon Cooks is good at that. I think John Dotson is also super smooth with that skill set. So, you know, for me, it's pretty close between him and Chris Olave. But I do think with with Dotson, it's kind of similar to um, with Wilson. You know, he, he does do a little bit better against contact at the catch point. And then also as a run after catch threat, I do think Dotson is a little bit more dynamic and creative. So that was the the the, the breaking factor there. But Jahan Dotson, my wide receiver four. I, at first, I didn't quite get the first round talk, but, you know, I started to see more of him and I can see it. I think he ends up as a day two guy probably, but. I can see it. If you like him on, on day one, I can definitely see it. He's got a very, very enticing skill set. Yeah, and the thing with Jahan Dotson as well is the fact that um, you touched on it there. He's a smaller guy. I think that's what potentially will hold him back in this 2022 NFL draft class is that if NFL teams kind of look at his size and his stature and judge him based on that. But you've only got to watch Penn State this year and watch Jahan Dotson make Sean Clifford look better at football than, than what he really is. You know, the amount of times where you think, damn, that ball is over Freya. And, and somehow J.N. Dotson gets above his 5'10", 5'11", yeah. and just makes the catch. It's, it's insane. My, um, I, I have got Dotson just outside the top five for, for what it's worth. But again, very closely packed, very tightly uh, yeah. packed group. It's a very strong class up top. Like there's like, if I, I wanted to fit 10 guys, and then we were talking about 1A, 1B, I wanted to fit 10 guys into my top five. We can't do that here. Uh, we have to, um, nu- numerical rules and such, but you know, it is what it is. Who's your wide receiver for, Ali? It's uh, wide receiver three is oh, Traylon, right. Traylon Biggs. There wide receiver three, overall 17th. Look, this guy is six foot three, 225 pounds. He's an absolute monster. And when we talk about versatility being the name of the game, this kid can do it all, man. He can be, he can play out the slot. He played not predominantly out the slot. That's probably the wrong way to put it, but he played a lot of snaps out the slot for Arkansas, but he can also play outside. Arkansas use him in motion, use him as a rusher out of the backfield. Honestly, the athletic skill set of Traylon Burks just means he can be used anyway. Get the ball in his hands and make him. Sorry, not make him. Don't force him to make plays. He'll just do it himself. You don't need to force the guy. He um, is, you know, we mentioned six foot three, two twenty five. So his physicality, you know, he's a big guy. You yeah. think big guy? You think contested catch? And he can do all that, right? The guy's got five XL sized hands. Has to have custom made gloves because his hands are so big. So if you think he's not going to go up there and get pluck the ball out of the air, you've got another thing coming. But what I love about Traylon Burks is how deceptive he is as an athlete. He's deceptively fast. He's deceptively elusive. He's got deceptive change of. I just keep saying deceptive because you know that's what he is. Everything when you look at the guy, and then you see what he puts on the field, it yeah. is deceptive because he can make plays after the catch with elusiveness, with explosive, and with speed. He's just a he's a beast, man. There's no other yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, and uh, Tommy is throwing. Uh, he's 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 getting upset. Wide receiver three. Come on. Come on, are you the unmitigated gal is what he says. My goodness. Wide receiver 1C, let's call it. 1C? I love sake. that. I love that. We'll compromise, Tommy. Wide receiver 1C. You know, what, what, what I would say about yeah. that, okay, so you, I, I think you're probably going to talk about Traylon Burks as well, but there has been some focus drops, which you don't want to see out of a wide receiver. Arkansas offers a limited route tree for the kid. So there are the things that you, you know, you're evaluating these guys on. And they're, they're genuine knocks against Traylon Burks as a wide receiver one candidate, in my eyes, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like, I, to me personally, like, it's all subjective. Draft analysis is all subjective. You know, it's, it really comes down to preference and projection. So, you know, looking at this class, if you – I could I, I could see a case being made for, like, at least five or six guys. If I'm being honest, you know, like, for me, I have a set ranking – but, you know, it's fluid. It's very fluid. And like I said, you never want to dig yourself in. You want to be open to other opinions. And, you know, if you like Traylon Burks as your wide receiver one, if you think he has a skill set to become the best receiver out of this class, by all means, put him there. If you think Jahan Dotson does, I know Mel Kuyper had him as his receiver one a little bit earlier. Like, come on, it's all subjective. We all see different things. We all prefer different things. So I'm not going to get too, you know, up in arms if someone has a crazy ranking, right? Because if you put in the work, if you see something different, there's really nothing else you can say about that. With that being said, my wide receiver three, and uh, it's not Traylon Burks, it's Drake London, you know, kind of a similar, a bigger receiver. But to me, Drake London, I look at him, you know, when he was healthy this year, he was dominant, man. He was absolutely dominant. 
might not be your kind of guy on the surface, but you dive into his game and you actually see, you know, he's not sometimes if a guy's like six, five, two, 10, I think he's six, five, two, 10. Uh, but usually if a guy with that size, sometimes they're kind of a liability from a route running standpoint. Sometimes they're literally just a target sponge in contested situations, but Drake London has more than that. And he's, he, it's very exciting because he is, a little, he is pretty smooth and nuanced as a route runner, you know, not quite as twitchy or explosive as your Dotson or your Wilson, but he can separate, you know, he does have enough lateral agility. You know, I don't think he's great hip sync, right. But I do think he has enough for his type of player. Uh, and he's also very good after the catch too. He's really physical, willing to lower his shoulder. He's actually pretty agile too. You know, it, it's a very smooth athleticism. I don't think he's going to blow off the combine numbers from a, from a testing standpoint, but I do think he's a very good athlete for his size. And then you, you go back to the contested catchability, which is what these guys are usually good at. And he is very, very, very good at that. I know our editors say don't use very, uh, but I'm using it here because you need at least five or six to describe Drake London's uh, uh, expertise at the catch point. It is unreal. His ability to contort and make adjustments for passes and his play strength against smaller defensive backs. He takes these guys to school, man. I love that about Drake London. He was incredibly consistent. You know, usually there's a reason it's called a 50-50 ball. You know, the, the probability of taking a catch when you're encountering contact is just habitually lower, right? But Drake London makes it an 80-20, and he did this past season. He's very good, very coordinated, and very strong and just dominant. He's got the alpha mentality. Um, I've seen a comp thrown around, Brandon Marshall. I like that comp a lot. I would mix in Plaxico Burris, too, because I do think that – and Plax, people forget there was definitely the off-field stuff of Plax, but when he was on the field, you know, 6'5", 232, just a very big guy – who had the long strides in space and could really make those adjustments in the ball. You know, I do think that Plax wore his weight a little lighter than Marshall did. And so that's why I kind of lean a mix of, of Brandon Marshall and Plaxico Burris. But I think that Drake London is that overwhelming size threat. And I think he adds a little extra too. you know, definitely a run after catch guy who can break tackles and has that physical mentality. And then he's also a decent route runner enough to the point where he can separate if you give it to him, I think he's got decent hip sync. He can, he can separate on quick slants and take the ball and he can encounter contact too. So Drake London, my wide receiver three, I think whoever gets him, you're getting an alpha who you can really, you know, he can draw a ton of attention and free up opportunities for other guys. And he can also make the most of his opportunities when he's double covered. You know, he's, he's kind of an X factor in that, in that respect. So he was the top 20 guy for me, my wide receiver three, big fan of this guy, big fan. Yeah, he's my wide receiver too. Um, 13th overall prospect. I just think you you were looking at building a wide receiver. You're going to build him mm -hmm. like Drake London. I uh, When I did his summer scouting report, I used the word Frankenstein. Yes. For me, that's what it is. You combine the contested catchability of the six foot five, 210 pound receiver, but then you combine that with the and the ability to to move well in the open field. I think he moves exceptionally well. His change of direction ability, his, his foot speed, you touched on his yeah. lateral agility. For a guy of his size, I think he's, he's just insane, really. You know, former basketball player as well, so you know he's an athlete. Um, he's tough as well. You watch, um, I think it was Arizona State in 2020, I think it was the game against them, where he dragged like three or four guys down the field on his back. He's He's a guy that you can rely on. Um, as we've seen this season and um, before his injury, I think that's the biggest, the biggest question mark about Drake London's draft stock is will he come back from that injury the same player? Yeah. I think that for me, that's that's potentially the biggest knock on his on his 2022 NFL draft stock. I feel that highly about the kid. So yeah, wide receiver too, Ian. Yeah, and there were people talking in the chat about the injury, you know, and that is going to be a little bit of a complicating factor. Again, we find out a lot of stuff when combine medicals come around because that's when the red flags kind of get unearthed. And so I think we'll get a, a full picture there, you know, as to how bad it's going to be for London for his immediate availability and his ability. Because, you know, with an injury like that, you know, carrying that 6'5", 210 frame, you're going to have to work your way back a little bit. So I do think there's going to be an adjustment period. But, you know, I, to me, it didn't look like it was serious. I think he had surgery, right? So should be on his way to a full recovery. Uh, we will see. But I do think, you know, you look at the tape. If it, Just pure tape, I do think he, he's the top five receiver. You know, I do think you look at that. It, it's hard to poke holes in his game for what he is. Like, he's, not, he's never going to be an elite separator. 
but for what he is a very good player uh, it's just the medical is the biggest thing and that's something we kind of have to wait and see because the uh, the combine medicals they dig in deep there so we'll see if that can unearth some issues with that uh, but my wide receiver too uh, you kind of did a nice segue to it it's Jameson Williams man uh, we talked about this guy earlier and oh my god uh, he's he's such a fun player he's such a rare player uh, I, and it was fun because I didn't get to his scouting report. Regrettably, I didn't I didn't do a full deep dive for a scouting report until like three quarters of the way through the season. And I was blown away by the upside. Uh, you know, people look at the highlights, you look at him running free down on the field, and you think, all right, he's a speed guy, which he is. He he's very, very fast. All right. Don't get don't get yourself wrong there. Uh, he's very fast. He might run at four three, maybe even sub four three. We'll see. But he's got rare speed. But it's not, it's an interesting type of speed in that. You know, a lot of those speedy guys who re- who rely on that are like energetic short striders. A lot of them are under 5'11", 5'10", and, you know, they, they have short legs, so they just move really fast. Jameson Williams is a long player. He's 6'2", you know, so looking at that 6'2 frame, each stride covers a ton of ground. And and I had to I had to really dig deep. I still don't have a comp for him, but I was talking to Ali. It's like, hey, Ali, remember James Lofton, Green Bay Packers, Hall of Famer? No, I, that's not my comp for Williams. But you, you look at the type of speed that he is, that he has, it's that type of speed. It's the long strider speed where he can cover ground with deadly efficiency. And then looking at the other parts of his game too, incredible hip sync. He can sync with complete, without effort, man. It's just like he, he it's like it's like he morphs at, at the breaks, honestly. Like he just sinks. He, he explodes out of his breaks and he's got that capacity, not quite at the high level from a refinement standpoint, using the deception as a route runner, but you can definitely tell, you know, and hip sync is something, it's a term we throw around for me, basically it's how much you can lower yourself on your breaks to explode out of it. Because when you get lower, when you can sink your hips, you generate more potential energy from a physics standpoint, you can explode with greater momentum out of the break, wherever you're going, you know, you can generate more momentum. So Jameson Williams, but you know, some guys sink their hips easier. Some are a little more stiff laterally and kind of have to gather themselves. And that kind of limits your separation potential. Jameson Williams sinks his, sinks his hips effortlessly, you know, and he can do that. Uh, and then he can explode out of, out of his breaks. He's got very high route running potential, but then at the same time, his speed, just get him into space, get him the ball. He can make guys miss and getting downfield too, when he has to track the ball, He's shown that he has the ball tracking ability, the body control. For me, it's just about kind of ironing out the finer points. But the upside is incredibly high with him. And James Lofton, if you know who he is, he was kind of a freak back in the day. I think it was like 6'3", 192. There's a reason he's in the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm not saying, you know, there's a reason I'm not rolling with that as my comp right now because I think that's a little inflammatory. I think we need to take a step back. But I do think you look at the type of speed that Williams has. It is that rare type of speed. And I think he's a rare player, so he should deserve a rare comp. But he's not there yet. James Lofton was good at everything, and he had that inhuman speed. I don't think Williams is quite there. But he, that's the kind of upside he has, in my opinion. So it, for me, it's it's him, my wide receiver one, and everyone else. I think that Williams is a top 15 player in this class, and I am super high on the upside. And with the way he's trending up this year, like I, I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think that he's a speed threat that has complete wide receiver potential on top of that. So that's my wide receiver two, but now we're at wide receiver one. Alia, I don't think we need to rehash this a ton. It's Garrett Wilson for both of us, right? It sure is. I don't, yeah. just as a, as a side, as a side thing for the, the James Lofton comparison, I'm not sure that Jameson Williams had the high school arm or safety ability. Yeah, that's right. James, James Lofton, Lofton had as well. Yeah. Ali hit me with this with uh, with this uh, little nugget from history. James Lofton played quarterback in high school. Could you guys imagine that? I mean, this was a guy, a wide receiver who, who tore apart the NFL. He ran like a 10-5-4, 100-meter dash, which, by the way, Jameson Williams also ran a 10-5-4, 100-meter dash in high school. So, hey, it's connecting a little bit. But, yeah, can you imagine? That would be like Randall Cunningham on steroids in the 70s or whatever. But he, he, really fun to think about. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver one, I assume. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and we already talked about that. I mean, right, the three-level threat, the, that aspect that he provides for both of us personally, that's kind of what gives him the edge in this class. Now, obviously, like we said before, you know, never dig yourself, never entrench yourself with an opinion. Be open. Have an open mind. If, you, if you're watching tape and something stands out with another guy that didn't stand out before or if they show development in these final few games, I know especially Williams – might have two games left in the college football playoffs. So, you know, always be open to reevaluation. 
but those are our top five receivers. Uh, and we have a top 300 big board coming out soon. So you can check that out. Uh, we got a lot more guys. Like I said, it's a very strong receiver class. Like I feel good about my, the top 20, to be honest with you. So keep an eye out for that and look at those guys. But now let's get into our next topic of discussion, which is some under the radar gold at the position. I know we got some sleepers that we are very excited to share with you. Uh, Ali, I guess we'll start with you. Who are your sleepers in the 2022 NFL draft that you think deserve a little more hype? Okay, so I'm not sure a senior bowl invitee can technically be classed as a sleeper, but I'm going to call this guy late round gold. Every year, go. there's every year there is a receiver who transcends the limits of the offense that they played in in college. For me, last year it was Tennessee's Josh Palmer. For this, for me this year, it's Rutgers wide receiver. Right, easy for me to say, wide receiver Bo Melton, five eleven, hundred. 5'11", 195 pounds, quick feet. He's got amazing acceleration ability. He can create separation with twitchy, sharp cuts. You talk about toe drag swag. This kid has got it in the end zone for sure. Back-to-back 600-yard receiving seasons in an offense, which is, for want of a better word, diabolical. Um, Those have come in nine and 10-game seasons as well. Um, The kid's versatile. He's got a future, certainly, um, potentially as a punt or kickoff returner uh, in the league. He's been used as a rusher for Rutgers as well. Uh, but don't sleep on the kid as a wide receiver either. I, uh, I, I've, I've got him well up um, in the, the 200s, I think, off the top of my head, in my top 300 big boards. Draftable range. Um, he's going to go to the senior bowl like Josh Palmer did last year, for me anyway. Um, really cause a stir and put his name on the, the 2022 NFL draft radar. And yeah, if he's Jacob, not already on there. Jacob Keppen is making some great points. Like, just get the ball in his hands, right? Because like you said, that run after catchability is definitely there. And the senior bowl group is, is loaded. I know uh, I know there was a mention of Khalil Shakir in, in the comments, who's another very good, very good sleeper. I mean, he makes those crazy one-handed catches. We talk about body control, ball tracking. He's got that in spades. But who's your other sleeper? Um, for me, I really like Corey Sutton out of Appalachian State. Um, again, another all-star game invite, so I'm not allowed, I'm not, I'm not sure we're allowed to call him a sleeper. Yeah. But um, he's going to the NFL PA Bowl where if he, people are sleeping on him, uh, he's going to wake him up. Six foot three, 205 pounds. You mentioned four, five high school speed. Um, Corey Sutton run a four, five, six, 40-yard dash in high school. 37 and a half inch vertical. He's got that, that explosive ability. He's got decent speed for his size reasonably reliable um, uh, pair of hands. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's 6'3", six, six, 205 frame. He's physical, genuine red zone threat. Um, and you think about the App State offense, he's been splitting targets with Malik Williams and Thomas Hennigan this season. All those guys with over 60 catches. He's still got 904 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in that offense, which runs on the ground as well with Nate Noel, uh, Nate Noel and uh, Cameron Peoples. So, there's, there's like touches being taken off him left, right, and center. The guy's still on the verge of a thousand yard season. I think he's going to go to the NFL PA ball. He's going to show out and he's going to be a guy that, that people will be talking about as a day three prospect in the NFL draft. Yeah. And those are both very good, uh, very good suggestions. I know Jacob said something else about Melton being a former running back. And you look at those guys, I know Wandale Robinson, also a former running back. You can tell when they have that history, when they have the ball in their hands. It, it's definitely different, you know, and you can tell. So it's nice. It's a nice little element to have. Tommy is requesting that you uh, show some sympathy as a former Michigan, as a Michigan fan, the Appala- Appalachian State upset way back in the day. You're, you're judging up some bad memories, Ali. So treading on thin ice, man. That's all I gotta say. Hey, Tommy, your team is in the playoffs. Okay, just enjoy that. Okay, just just live in the present. But I got. All right, I'm gonna forgive my sleepers now, I guess. But uh, I'm gonna start with my second one because I'm gonna talk about the the first one for like probably ten minutes. I know we're on a deadline, Cody, Brian. I know we're on a deadline. Don't worry, I won't actually talk for that long. That was that was facetious. But uh, my first, my second guy, Dijon Dixon out of Nichols State. This is a guy who's been very productive this year. He's got great size. I think he's six four, over two hundred, uh, and he's actually got really good hip sync. You know, you talk about that. Sometimes taller guys are a little more stiff at the at the route stem. But Dijon Dixon has shown he can sink his hips and explode out of those breaks. He's got great body control. You know, he can box out guys with his size. The hands are a little bit of an issue. Sometimes their focus drops. But I do think he has the athleticism. He has NFL athleticism. And he's got great size, too. So I think 
he's a guy who's going to open some eyes with his testing. Probably a day three guy, but I love his potential to exceed his billing in the NFL. My second sleeper, and if you've been listening, if you've been reading, I mean, come on. I talk about this guy every other day. So Texas Tech wide receiver Eric Azukanma. This is definitely a brand guy for me, and I can see Ali laughing because, you know, it's just you expect it at this point. It's it's human nature for me. But, you know, he's listed at 6'3", 220. Uh, so he's got great size, great density. Uh, you know, the production doesn't quite jump off the page, and part of that is him. You know, I don't think – and this was the reason I had him in my original top five receivers. I bumped him out after watching his 2021 tape because the consistency isn't quite there at the level it is with Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson but still a very good player. You know, I do think he has enough hip sync to be a good route runner. And we've seen that he can separate in the short and intermediate ranges. He's very explosive in space, not quite top end speed. I think maybe four or five speed, which is very good for a 6'3", 220 guy. Uh, but really the the main element of his game, that I guess there's two. He's a very good contested catch guy. He's got really long arms and really good play strength at the catch point, can box out guys like Dixon. But then run after catch, man, this guy is very fun there. He's, I, I think he has elite potential in that category, very agile laterally, but then also has great contact balance, can absolutely bounce off of guys, truck through contact. I love that element of his game. So Eric Ezukanma, Texas Tech, I was thinking of comps for him and I'm not locked in, but I was doing some studying and Dwayne Bow, the Kansas City star from a while back. That's one that kind of stood out to me. You look at Dwayne Bowe, he was like 6'2", 220, so similarly dense frame. But Bo also had really long arms, over 33-inch arms. So that really shows up for Ezukanma using that wingspan to make those catches, uh, contested catches in midair. You know, I, I don't think Ezukanma, I don't think his vertical athleticism is elite, is elite, but he's explosive laterally. On the ground, he's very explosive. He can gear up pretty quickly. He's got that contact balance, that run after catch ability. And I think he can kind of develop into a complete receiver too. So Ezukanma, a guy I am very high on. He's my wide receiver seven and a top 40 player for me in this class. So uh, get get eyes on him if you haven't, but that's that's my sleeper. Ali, real quick, we're almost at a time. But 2023 guys, uh, we're, we're going to think ahead. I know we haven't even gotten to the 2022 NFL draft yet, but you can never look at, it's never too early to look ahead, right? So who are some guys on your radar for the 2023 NFL draft? at this moment well let me just say i've got a comp for eric as a comma and it's trail on burke's light uh, i'm not sure how you feel about that here um the i love whole... that too i love that too although <laughs> i know ali's been making jokes it was like uh, yeah i would say oh he's better than trail on burke's i won't i won't quite go there anymore but i do think trail on burke's and Ezukanma are a lot closer than uh, the consensus implies. So they're both very, very fun players. Get the ball in their hands and just, you know, prosper. That's that's my that's my philosophy. So 2023 wide receivers, and the reason that we've came up with this on a running order today was because there's a lot of talent going back to school in 2023. Guys that we had really at the sharp end of the 2022 NFL draft big board. And one of those guys for me was Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers. Yes, sir. Versatile chess piece who can be used from a variety of alignments. And this year, the reason he's gone back because he's not had a year that we expected because of the injury to starting quarterback Phil Djokovic. And because of that, there's a change of scheme, a little bit of misuse of Zay Flowers, a little bit of overthrows, wide throws, high, wide, handsome, you name it, Dennis Grossell was throwing it. But Zay Flowers still averaged 17 yards per catch this season. He's got an exceptional athletic profile, a ludicrous change of direction ability, insane body control. We talked about Jameson Williams' ability to throttle down and accelerate. Yeah. Say Flowers has, has got that in spades. The guy is, just can manipulate his body so well to be elusive in uh, in the open field. You know, try and catch it, try and tackle Zay Flowers. You ain't gonna be able to do it. The guy will absolutely manipulate his body away from you. Um, you just look at how he. I don't want to say schooled Andrew Booth in the Boston College and Clemson game, but he had Andrew Booth's number all game long. And yeah. Andrew Booth for me is the best cornerback in this 2022 NFL draft class. That's how highly I think of Zay Flowers. That's how good Zay Flowers is. And I think with a few improvements to his catching technique, this is a guy that people are going to be talking about this time next year as a top five wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft class. Yeah, I love Zay Flowers. Big fan. Before we move on, uh, VT anxiety. And this is kind of a red alert question. we got to stop everything. we got to drop everything and ask, Ali, who is your favorite punter 
in the 2022 NFL draft uh, the, for the brand, right? Who's your favorite punter? Like everyone expect me, expects me to say Matt Ariser, and the guy is great. Let's yeah. not get it shifted. But Jake Kamada out of Georgia, I think he's the best technically, um, best technical punter in the class. Him, guys like Jordan Stout, Matt Ariser is going to be up there. I tell you what, you could have a whole host of punters in the uh, 2022 NFL draft class. Draft them all. You wouldn't upset me. Draft them all, man. Exactly. Matt Areza is kind of the he's the trendy pick right now. But Ali goes against the grain with these punters. He dives into and you know, I actually respect it because I know there's a lot that goes into kicking and punting. It's more than just kind of throwing your leg out there, right? It, 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 there's a lot more that goes into that. So I actually I respect Ali for keeping up this for the brand and actually, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Like, hey, anyone can say, Hey, I'm for the brand, but Ali actually knows this stuff. So if you ever have kicker punter questions, you know, it's an important phase. We've seen teams get burned by it a lot. So ask Ali. He knows what's up. Um, my receivers for the 2023 NFL draft, I went a little bit against the grain because I know everyone's going to say Keyshawn Boutte, Rakeem Jarrett, you know, which those are guys that you need to know. Those are guys that are going to be near the top of the class. I'm going a little bit deeper down. I think Rache Rice from SMU is a very fun player. This guy's a dog, man. He competes and he gets in the defense's face. Uh, I, I love that about guys having that competitive toughness, having that competitive mentality. But I also think he's pretty shifty, you know, pretty explosive. Maybe not quite as fast as Danny Gray or Reggie Roberson. Those guys were very good speed threats. But I do love Rache Rice and his toughness, but also his ability. He's shown he can use little head fakes to deceive defenders. Uh, he's, I think he's just a good receiver, a tough receiver who, with Gray and Roberson moving on, could kind of move into an extended role. Uh, and kind of even expand. He's been a solid producer so far, but I think he he has a breakout potentially coming next year. So Rache Rice, keep an eye on him. Uh, my next one, Justin Shorter. Uh, he was kind of a sleeper for me this year for Florida. He was a highly rated recruit at Penn State, transferred to Florida, and actually had some very good games this year. This was kind of a, a mini breakout for him. It wasn't a full breakout. It was a mini one. But he definitely started to realize his potential. He's like 6'5", 220, so great size, but also a great athlete, too. I think he, he has good hip sync, good lateral agility. He's a route runner. He's pretty explosive. So I think you look at the physical tools, Justin Shorter has some of the highest upside in, the, in college football. It's just a matter of can he take the next step and actually become that dominant number one threat in an offense. I guess we'll see on, on an, under Billy Napier in year one. Uh, they got some quarterback change changes coming for Florida. So it'll be interesting to see how he navigates that. But Justin Shorter, Rache Rice, uh, Zay Flowers, some names to watch for the 2023 NFL draft. I think that's going to do it for our wide receiver episode of Between the Hashes. Obviously, tune in Thursday. Uh, Tony Pauline, Cam Meller coming for some more draft talk, uh, going through some news, some nuggets, and, and uh, providing analysis for that. Go to Pro Football Network for all of your draft content. We've got more scouting reports coming. We've got an underclassman tracker that's uh, that's staying up. We've got some bowl previews rolling in as the bowl games commence. Uh, and then we've got more scouting reports. We're updating them. We're going to have Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl content as the offseason progresses, man. So just, you know, really it's kind of an endless cycle. Uh, the grind never stops. The draft season never ends for us. So just stay tuned. Stick with us. And obviously next Tuesday, tune in. We don't know what we're going to be doing, but we'll, uh, we'll figure it out and we'll give you some more fun content. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate interacting with you guys. And uh, be sure to tune in next time. Hope to see you again.